We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it's June 23rd, it is 2023. We have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast, joined by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes, 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? You know, watching a little NBA draft, that's always an exciting day of the year. Um, Not too many surprises, really. One big trade earlier in the day with Chris Paul going out to Golden State, but pretty quiet for the most part. Um, obviously the Porzingis trade went down yesterday, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's pretty straightforward draft so far. Not, not too many surprises. Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing too crazy. I thought the Paul thing was, um, you know, somewhat crazy, but yeah, I mean, I kind of had the magic getting Anthony black. Um, so, I mean, that didn't really shock me too much. Um, I get the kid from Michigan too. Was it Howard? So, I mean, it's so what they're on pick like 20, 21, somewhere. They're like still in that first round. But, um, I mean, for me as a Magic fan, 
our draft is pretty much over. Um, I was kind of hoping that like Taylor Hendricks dropped to us in the 11 spot just because he's a local kid. But I mean, yeah, NBA draft going on and yeah, we got uh baseball. We got 10 games. How was your Thursday baseball? Did you, did you partake in the early slate on Thursday or play the three game late slate? I did play a little bit on the early slate. Sorry. I'm having some technical difficulties here. I'm not sure if I'm still with you. Yeah. You're, you're with me. I mean, it could be me too. My internet has been not good um, here the last couple of days. So I'm pretty yeah. sure it's on my end. I just lost my second monitor, but we'll, we'll make do. Um, <laughs> looks like my camera's not working. I don't know. I'm having all kinds of issues over Listen, here. Listen, we can hear you. You're good. Okay. <laughs> we can hear you. You're good. I mean, they get to see your um, mustache looking, you know, focus face um, <laughs> frozen on their thing. So, um, hey, who, who cares? Who cares? They they just want to hear you have spicy takes here. Um, but yeah, man, um, let's have some fun. So let's talk. We got um, 10 games to go through here on this slate. Fun slate. Um, pitching is really interesting. I mean, there are some high-end pitchers, so um, it'd be really interesting. I think there are a couple spots that I can't wait to talk about. Um, Chris Bassett's one of them. Uh, he's the one that I expect to have quite a bit of ownership and I can't wait to talk about that. So, I mean, let's jump right in. Let's just get into it. There are some potential weather games that we were, we were talking about pre-show. Um, so we'll have to kind of see what Kevin Roth has to say. Philadelphia, Baltimore, New York. Um, and then I think that was it from what I remember reading. So we'll have to see what Roth has to say in the morning on those games, but we're going to break them down anyway. Let's get into it. We got Seattle at Baltimore, eight and a half total in this game. Pick em game. Gilbert Gibson facing off against each other. Let's start here with Logan Gilbert. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Gilbert going up against Baltimore? Uh, been a tough go for Gilbert. Um, started off the year really great, but he has struggled his last couple of times out. Um, now he gets a tough matchup against Baltimore. I'm interested. I like the talent of the pitcher, but I don't. I don't love the matchup. He's still still priced up quite a bit. So going to be large field tournament dart for me at best on the slate. Need to do like a dive on him, but I mean, his first half of the season numbers, fantastic. His numbers lately, strikeout rates way down. The power number is way up. Woba way up. Um, I mean, he's sitting at a 26% K rate on the season, 18% over the last month, 259 ISO compared to a 163 and his Woba is up to 341 instead of a 287. So he's been someone that has really struggled recently. And it might just be one of those like 15 minute, like research kind of things like, Hey, is he getting unlucky? Is he doing something with his pitch? Is he not generating enough spin? Is he hurt? All that kind of stuff um, kind of comes into that question when you're looking at numbers that bad over the last month. So um, matchups were, I mean, he dominated Oakland. He pitched really well against San Diego. He struggled against the Yankees. He struggled against LA. But the big one to me is like struggling against the White Sox. Like what is going on with that? Um, only 80 pitches. Um, so gonna going to do a little dive on Gilbert and decide whether or not I want to play him or stack him. Um, the weather in this game might dictate it a little bit better as well. So kind of where I'm at. Kyle Gibson, other side of this game, he's 8,100. Gibson always brings some strikeout ability, and Seattle strikes out a ton. Let's uh, let's talk Kyle Gibson here. 
Yeah, I mean, Seattle strikes out quite a bit, but Gibson's strikeouts have been down as well. He's under 18% on the season. I just I don't know that there's enough upside. I think there are other darts I would rather throw in this range. Um, Gibson just not not a great DFS pitcher. He's he's probably a around league average as a, as a starting pitcher overall, but not enough upside in DFS for me. Yeah, I mean, I I think I disagree, which is fine because it happens sometimes. But I mean, Teoscar is a huge strikeout guy. Kalenic is a huge strikeout guy. Mike Ford, who they've you know had in the lineup a lot, big power, big strikeouts type of player. Like reminds me so much of like Joey Gallo's numbers. Um, Riley's a big strikeout guy. Suarez has been striking out a ton this year. So I think the matchup presents like a, a six plus strikeout upside type spot. And I mean, at 8,100 on this slate, I'd be super happy with like 22 to 25 points. And I think that's possible. He's not my favorite. Um, but I, I do think he's playable if the weather's okay. Uh, Seattle bats, any interest here in the Seattle bats? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of power in this lineup. Um, Kelnick is a guy that I've loved playing a ton this season. He's 4,600. Has slowed down a little bit, but still a lefty against Kyle Gibson, who has hard contact issues. Definitely interested there. Can always play Julio. Um, Teoscar's heating up a little bit here, it seems. Um, he is really cheap as well, 3,500. Suarez has had a down season, but he's cheap also. Um yeah, I mean, not not my favorite stack on the slate, but certainly in play for me. Um, I like Seattle. Yeah, I, I mean, this could be easily one of those spots where you're like taking some shots on Gibson and stacking Seattle as well. Um, I, you know, I, I think that it, you could play it both ways in a 20 entry max or a 150 entry max, three entry max. I think you'd make a decision and kind of narrow it down a little bit more. Um, the Baltimore side, again, I really kind of want to dig into Gilbert and I want to give it like the actual dig in here because, again, looking at his numbers over the last month, like if it's something where he's just really struggling with like command or something, like if you bring up like um, Savant and you're looking at like just how much his fastball is kind of dipping down and stuff like that, it's just his ex Woba numbers are really high. So maybe you know, slugging percentage is kind of high. Maybe he just really is struggling. And like, this is a spot you can get a, a lone Baltimore stack. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. Um, like I said, I believe in the talent of Gilbert, but it's pretty clear he's going through something. Uh, you mentioned that start against the white Sox. Like that's not generally a spot he would struggle in. I think the Baltimore offense is, is extremely talented. They're obviously down a couple of their better hitters with Mullins and, um, Mountcastle still on the IL, but you, you've got guys like Rutschman. Henderson has taken a huge step forward. Finally, we've been waiting for that all season. Um, Hayes has had an outstanding year. He's he's pretty cheap here. Um, O'Hearn is, has actually played well. He is cheap as well with some power, 3,200. So, like, it's probably a mini stack for me just because I, I believe in the talent of Gilbert. Uh, but the Baltimore offense is definitely talented enough um, – you can, I, I'm fine with like a mini stack three man style. All right. Before we move on to the Yankees game, uh, Richie and chat, weather concerns for the first two games, weather concerns for the first three games, Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia. We'll have to see what Kevin Roth has to say. We're still going to break them down. Uh, Texas at New York facing the Yankees. No total in this game. It sounds like it's going to be Severino instead of Schmidt. Uh, there was multiple reports that say Severino instead of Schmidt for this one. 
And then Dane Dunning pitching for the Rangers. Any interest here in Dane Dunning? He is really cheap. Um, still no Aaron Judge on the Yankees side. The problem with Dunning is just the strikeout rate. Um, he's not a guy that generally goes extremely deep into games, but that's been a little bit better here recently. He's been in the upper 90s several times. Um, he was down to 89 again his last time, but they've at least showed the willingness to let him go into the upper 90s. I don't love it because I'm I'm worried about upside here. Extremely low strikeout rate, but he's 5,700. I think he's in play for tournaments. I'm just, just upside concerns me. Yeah. I mean, the upside is always concerning um, at this price point, you know, you're kind of like, all right, well, who down here can get me 15? I think is kind of like the mindset. So I don't think I get to Dunning today. I think that, I don't really love anybody under 8K. I mean, you can make an argument for a couple guys that I think we'll make arguments for potentially. And Dunning is like one of those guys where like, can he get 15? You know, can he get 15? Maybe. Um, a lot of strikeouts, but a lot of power upside in this lineup. LeMayhew has been kind of bad. But Torres, Rizzo, Stanton, Donaldson, uh, Billy McKinney, Absolutely smoking the baseball right now. Um, and like weather really just kind of might eliminate the pitching from this game anyway. So, right. Um, Severino, tough matchup going up against Texas. He hasn't been good this year. Easy stay away spot for me today on Luis Severino. Yeah. I mean, he just seems to be broken, right? Um, the guy who's had a huge strikeout stuff in the past, I know he dealt with some injuries, but even last year coming back from injury, he was around 28% with his strikeout rate. He's been all the way down to 20% this season. And now he gets Texas, who has been one of the best offenses in baseball. So I, I agree. Like, it's a cheap price on Severino. I, if I knew he was right, I would take some shots, even in a tough matchup. But it just, like, he's he's dealing with some injuries or something. Whatever he's dealing with, it's just not – he's not dealing. Let's just be honest because yeah, right. um, he ain't pitching well. 376 Woba, 240 ISO, under 20% K rate. Um, I like Texas in this spot. Yankee Stadium, like we, we get Texas in a fantastic ballpark. They've been one of the best teams in baseball this season. Second highest WRC plus against right-handed pitching. Um, third highest Woba. I mean, they're a top five offense in so many categories this year. I think they lead baseball with a hard hit rate of 37% against right-handed pitching. So, I mean, in Yankee Stadium, if the weather is good, Texas might be one of my highest on stacks on the slate. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, as much as Severino has struggled and as good as this Texas offense has been, nice ballpark upgrade like you mentioned. Seager's been absolutely on fire uh, after missing a little bit that season. Um, really like the lefties here. Um uh, who am I looking? Nate Lowe is 4,200. Love that yep. price here against Severino. Uh, Tavares has been really good. He generally hits way down in like the nine hole, um, but wrapping that around to the top and helping you fit in the studs like Simeon Seager Garcia uh, certainly don't mind playing the bottom of the order here as well. Yeah. Also like, don't forget about Duran. Um, he's yeah. been doing fantastic here recently. Sure. A little bit of pop, but he's always a guy that can go out and steal a base as well. Um, you know, he has that upside. So he's 3,200. He can free up a little bit of value. But, yeah, I love this spot for Texas. And, I mean, don't sleep on the Yankees either. Like, even if you're, like, playing 150 and you're taking a few shots on 
Dunning, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be taking shots on the Yankees. Um, they have a ton of ceiling in this spot. I mean, I kind of already said it. One of my favorite value plays on the slate today is Billy McKinney. He's 2,500. He's smashing the baseball right now. Um, I think he's hitting every single game except for one since he called got called up. Um, no reason not to have interest in a guy at 2,500. This is just too cheap against Dane Dunning. Yeah, I love the McKinney call. You're absolutely right. Uh, he's been a huge boost to this Yankees offense that desperately needed it. Um, everyone else had been struggling quite a bit. Uh, Rizzo looked to be coming out of it a little bit, had a couple of hits on Monday night um, in a tough matchup against the kid from Seattle who just looks amazing, uh, Brian Wu. Uh, he missed a home run by like a foot. It hit the very top of the wall. But Rizzo seems to be coming around. He is cheap if he's right at 4K. Um, Jake Bowers has been hitting at the top of the order. He's only 2,700. So, I mean, it's a really cheap stack. It's it's an upside stack because of the ballpark, like you mentioned. Dunning, not a guy that typically gives up a ton of home runs, but with the ballpark uh, downgrade for him, I have interest in this Yankee stack too. Love the Bowers call um, because, like, Bowers, McKinney, you could play anything you want with the Yankees. Yeah. Um, then you're easily getting in Torres and Rizzo, and it just kind of – you know, kind of deciding like who that fifth piece you want in that Yankee stack. Cause you really don't want to use a third outfielder in my opinion. Um, so maybe that's where you're like, all right, I find another four man stack that I really like that kind of feels like a catcher and middle infield spot with one outfield spot. So don't hate that idea. All right. Mets and Phillies. We have a nine and a half total in this game. Big total pick them game. Senga and Walker facing off against each other. Singa is expensive. He's one of the most expensive guys um, on this slate. What are your thoughts here on Singa at 10-2 going up against Philadelphia in Philadelphia? Yeah, big ballpark downgrade um, going from City Field into Philadelphia. He's expensive, but he still has that strikeout upside. I, I catch myself chasing that more often than not. I think you can poke holes in most of the top pitchers on this slate. Um, 9K, 10K range at least. I think he's in the conversation. Just like Gilbert has a tough matchup. Webb, who who we'll get to later, has a tough matchup. Like I think of like if I'm spending up, Senga might be the guy, and it's I'm just chasing strikeout upside. Um, I think I find myself more in that 8K range today, but Senga will be in the pool for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to be on this slate if the weather's okay. I mean, just kind of, right. you know, reiterating that, like, the weather being a thing. Gilbert struggling big time. Giolito in a tough matchup against Boston, strikeout-wise. Um, Logan Webb, tough matchup against Arizona. I mean, by process of elimination, I think that Singa just makes some builds today um, overall. The other side of this game, Walker. Tajana Walker is not my favorite play um, ever, but he has been pitching really good here recently. Um, some good matchups. Oakland and Detroit in two of those three games where he pitched really well. But, um, I, I mean, the Dodgers game, he pitched really well against the Dodgers. Are we believing in this? Are we just saying, you know, it's Tajan Walker. I don't want to look too much into it because of who he did it against. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, Oakland and Detroit is certainly not impressive, but he was good against the Dodgers, too. So that, that makes me kind of want to take notice. We're getting a slight discount, I guess. Um, like, if you just look at his overall season numbers, he's priced about where he should be. 
Uh, but if you look at those last couple of starts, I don't know. The the Mets are an underachieving offense, but they still don't strike out a ton. Um, I'd probably leave him on the shelf today, but I certainly wouldn't try to talk anyone off of him just because of his recent performance here. Yeah, I mean, the matchup is what's scary, and he's getting a ballpark downgrade. Or, I mean, it's not really a downgrade for him. It's just not. I mean, if this game was in City Field, I think I'd have a little bit more interest in that game. So the last three games, just kind of throwing this out there, right? Um, against Oakland, he had an 87.5% left on base rate with a bat up of 330. Against the Dodgers, he had a 100% left on base with a 167 <laughs> Babbitt. Um, he had a, almost a 4x FIP in that game. Um, I mean, he pitched really well against Oakland. Looking at the numbers, looking at the advanced numbers, he pitched really well in that game. The Dodgers had a 95 average exit velocity in that game against him. And they must have just hit it at, at people because just looking at the numbers, um, it was one of his highest ground ball rates of the year. He got really lucky against the Dodgers. Everything I'm looking at here, looking at advanced numbers, he got really lucky against the Dodgers. So he pitched well against Detroit and Oakland. The Mets are a tough offense. They don't strike out like you mentioned. The last time he faced them, he really struggled big time. Um, I'd probably leave him on the shelf today, even in a 150. I'd probably leave him on the shelf today. Weather might dictate it anyway, but Mets bats, man, I I kind of like the Mets because I mean they are getting a huge ballpark upgrade. Anytime they get out of City Field, it's a huge ballpark upgrade. Lindor has found this like power swing out of nowhere. Um, not out of nowhere. He's always been good, but Pete Alonso and Lindor. And then maybe just a third piece with like an Alvarez. Um, but I could see myself like three or four man stacking the Mets today in this ballpark. Yeah, I do like the up, the ballpark upgrade. Walker's just a league average pitcher, I would say. Um, certainly beatable. This Mets offense should be better than they have been. Love the Lindor call. Obviously, Pete Alonzo, always somebody you can play. Nimmo's price is kind of a, adjusting back down to where it should be. 4,100. Don't mind that for him. Love, love Alvarez as well. Um, powerful catcher bat. Um, Beatty is a talented prospect at third. He's only 2,900. Um, like the pricing here is, is totally fine. So if the weather's okay, I, I have interest in this Mets deck too. Yeah. I want the weather to be okay because I think that these three first games present some really good spots. Um, yep. just in general, Philadelphia against Singa. I mean, the stack could easily work. It's just a really, really expensive stack. Um, do they have the ceiling to break the slate? Sure. Look at the lineup. Um, it, it is a much better lineup. They are a team that can easily score 10 to 15 runs in a game. Um, so, I mean, they do have the ceiling. It's not my favorite spot um, in general, just because of the pricing. Maybe they're cheaper on FanDuel or Yahoo, but on DK, it's really tough to make the stack work. Yeah, super expensive on DK. You've got five or four guys at 5,500 or above in Harper, Turner, Schwarber, Real Muto. I'm probably picking two of those guys at most if I'm if I'm stacking Philly, and that probably leads me to just use them as a secondary stack. Like if I wanted to go Harper, Schwarber, and then I'm dropping down for somebody uh, like Bryson Stott who can fill second base. Uh, Brandon Marsh has been all right hitting at the bottom of the order, though. Um, like I certainly – like Senga strikes out just as much of lefties as he does righties, maybe even a few more because of that, the fork ball. Um, but I think he gives up more power to lefties as well. So I, I do prefer guys like Stott and Marsh with when saving money. 
but it's yeah, the overall price. I'm sure on FanDuel, like I know Trey Turner has been really cheap over there. Even Monday night or Monday, it was actually the day slate. I played a ton of, of Schwarber and Harper because they were both like 3,500 over there. So probably much more in play on FanDuel. But yeah, I can't can't do the full stack at these DK prices. All right, moving along. We're getting out of the weather until we get back to Cleveland. Oakland at Toronto, nine total in this game. Blue Jays, almost a 300 favorite. They're minus 295. Uh, Caprillion going up against Bassett. Um, yeah, I mean, Caprillion was like, oh, he's going to open. He's going to not open. He's going to go out and throw five innings on 83 pitches. So um, I'm assuming that we're going to get a pretty good workload here. Bassett um, on the Blue Jays side. We'll talk about him in just a second, but. Uh, any interest here in Caprillion going up against this team? So Caprillion's issue for a long time has been lefties, and Toronto just doesn't have any lefties to throw against him. Um, I mean, Varsho's okay, obviously. Kiermaier's had a good year, but like the lefties just are uninspiring in this Toronto lineup. I still don't think I can get to Caprillion. I could see him having decent success here, but I don't know. Pro- probably not enough upside for me. Um, I think I'd rather take a chance on Dunning, even though I know there's not as much upside there either. Just feels like, um, Toronto could certainly get to him, but as far as like how, how Toronto lines up against him, I could see him having some success here. Bassett on the other side of this game, Keith, I expect him to be the highest on pitcher on the slate. Um, his home road splits are massive. He's been way better at home this season than he has been on the road. I think this is the best leverage spot on the slate. I easily could see Bassett going out and just absolutely dominating this game, putting up 30-plus fantasy points. No doubt. Could see that easily. He has that talent. He has that upside. Oakland is a bad offense. They've been better. They've been better recently. Um, But they're still not a good offense overall. I mean, they're still 27th in WRC+. Let's not – you know, they're one of the highest strikeout-rate baseball teams. But I could see this easily being – Bassett domination game. But Chalk Bassett just scares me, man. Um, he is a guy that is so rough around the edges. You look into his advanced stats, we're looking at a guy that overall is sitting under a 10% swinging strike rate, a 20.5% K rate. He struggles with home runs. He has a 1.59 or 5.2 home run per nine and a 4.5 XFIP. And we're looking at a dude that's going to be chalky because of the matchup and i mean i feel like this is where i'm going to get leverage i kind of like the oakland bats and i think this might be a spot in a 20 entry max where i'm just like you know i'm going to fade bassett today and if it goes my way i'm way ahead of the field yeah i I like the call to be under underweight bassett in tournaments um certainly probably your cash game pitcher i mean just because (laughs) yeah (laughs) who plays those anymore right um it's a safer matchup if you will i just i don't think there's a ton of upside i know oakland strikes out a lot but bassett strikeouts have been way down and i know he's had a couple of spike games in there um he just hasn't been consistently good all season long and like they're not afraid to pull him if he's struggling either hasn't topped 80 pitches in either of the last two starts Strikeout rates way down at like 20% on the season. If we're talking about massive chalk here, I, I agree. I want to be underweight. I think there are pivots right in this price range, one cheaper, one one right above them that we haven't even gotten to yet. And then there's 
there's my favorite picture of the slate's even cheaper than that. So there are plenty of ways to go in this eight and low nine K range. I agree. The matchup will cause him um, to be popular and I'll probably be underweight. I will say they can, they can go very right-handed heavy. I don't think they do in this spot. Um, I think they get, you know, Bleday in there and Brown in there, um, Kemp in there, not in there. So I think they're going to have enough lefties. He's very good against righties still. Um, man, I, I think it's crazy, but this might just be that spot where I'm like, you know, I, and I could be wrong. We could open up the slate and look at slate IQ and stuff and be like, maybe that maybe he isn't chalk. But the pitchers I'm looking at on this slate, he's just a matchup against Oakland. He's a 300 favorite or they're a 300 favorite. I just think he's going to be massive chalk. And I'm like, you know, I'll keep playing Ruiz, man. Um, he's 33. They moved him up. They moved him <laughs> up a hundred. Um, dude, I've been on this guy. I feel like for, for weeks now, and he just keeps producing. Um, he, his ceiling is so incredibly high because of the stolen base upside. Um, uh, he's not a power guy, right? This isn't typically a guy like if he was 5k, we'd play because he, I think he has one home run on the season. But he's sitting at 39 stolen bases and he keeps getting on base. That's the biggest thing. He's getting on base. I love this spot for him. Um, he's obviously, if I'm looking at stacking Oakland, would be like a mainstay for me. And then Nada is still 2,700. Brown is 2,600. I don't even have to full stack this team. I can play a little three or four man stack and they're so cheap that I can do anything else I want with my lineup because of how cheap these guys are. I can play. Trout, Notani, and Coors against Freeland. I can stack the Angels against Freeland and Coors. So I love this spot for Oakland. Um, I feel like <laughs> I should I buy an Oakland jersey? Like I feel like I'm on Team <laughs> Oakland. Um, I don't know. You got to take down a GPP with them first before you can do that. But hey, Ruiz made me some money nice. the other night. He was he was like six percent owned and scored like twenty five fantasy points. He was on one of my main teams. I had a really good night. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely incredible. Like he just runs every single time he gets on base. It's amazing. You know it's coming. They're like we're <laughs> yeah. throwing a pickoff, and the next pitch, he, I mean, he's going. Like you know he's going. He walked the other night with two outs, and like the pitcher threw one over, and they're like, we know he's stealing. He's gonna steal. We know it's happening. We can't do anything about it. Like you could pitch out, and he could still steal second. It's just incredible um, what he's doing. He's a he's a good Billy Hamilton. Yep. Absolutely. And getting on base, like you said, huge, huge deal. Uh, I do like these power lefties that are super cheap as well. Noto, you mentioned Seth Brown is 2,600. Um, who was, there was one more Bladey If he's in the lineup is, is another, another lefty guy. with some power, yeah. like all, all of those cheap lefties with, with power can certainly get it done. It'll be a secondary stack for me, but I agree a, a, an outstanding way to save some money here on this slate. If you, um, if you uh no, I'm not waiting to buy an Oakland jersey if they're moving to LA or Vegas. I'd want an Oakland jersey. <laughs> <laughs> then it's vintage, right? No. <laughs> um, if you're into like the home run betting prop type of thing, I like Ryan Nada to hit a home run today. Um, love that call. Yep. Really good spot. Other side of this game, you could easily stack this game and just be like, hey, you know, I assuming Bichette plays. Toronto is so expensive and Oakland so cheap that you could just stack this game. You could do a 4-4 um, type of stack or 5-3. I love Toronto. Caprillion is a guy that's hittable. Yeah, he's been better against righties, but 
dude, you get him out in the third or fourth inning and you get this bullpen for four or five innings, five, six innings, like you're just, you're running, you're running. So I love the Toronto stack. I think they're a high upside stack today, especially, especially if we get some rain in these first three games. Yeah, that would certainly change some things. If if we lose Yankees and Rangers, um, Mets, we like quite a bit. Like that would definitely change some things. Um, I do think Toronto is a high upside stack because of the bullpen, like you said. I, I'm not terribly interested in trying to pick on Caprillion with these 5K righties. Um, I'm, they're really good 5K righties. Don't get me wrong, Vlad Springer, Chapman. I just I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if I get to the full stack just because Caprillion's been so good against righties. Varsho is one of my favorite hitters on the on the whole slate. He's 4K. Caprillion has been absolutely blasted by lefties this season and throughout his career. Um, Kiermaier, even hitting at the bottom of the order, is super cheap, uh, and he's been solid here this season. It, it, it's a full stack for me just because of the bullpen. It's depends on whether we lose a couple of games on this slate, whether they're one of my higher own teams or not. I would say I'm lukewarm on them right now, but they certainly would be a team that, that jumps up if we lose a couple games. I was, uh, I was sad that belt is back and we can't play Horwitz at 2k. Um, <laughs> very sad. I was, I was like circled this one, man. I was like, is this where he's going to get his big hit? So, yeah, I mean, Belt doesn't have much left, right? I know, but, <laughs> but you got this prospect, man. Let him play. Yeah. All right. We got Milwaukee at Cleveland, eight total in this game. Guardians, a 160 favorite. Bieber against Miley. Uh, any interest here in Wade Miley going up against Cleveland? I don't. Um, 77 pitches after coming back from injury. Maybe he gets up to 85, 90 in this game. Just. I don't see the upside. He's not a high strikeout pitcher. Cleveland doesn't strike out. They've been a little better here recently. Still, still no power in the lineup. Not much to speak of anyway. Uh, Miley's just not a guy I play in DFS very often. Yeah, I mean, I love the matchup. Cleveland, the team that I pick on quite a bit. Uh, I think they are second fewest home runs against left-handed pitching this season. There's just not a lot of power in this lineup right now. Um, I just wait. Miley's not a guy that I'm going to play. Um, if you if you like it, play it because I mean I have no issues picking on this team. Bieber Bieber is my favorite pivot off of Bassett. I think that this is a matchup where there's plenty of strikeouts in this Milwaukee lineup. They're sitting close to 25% strikeouts against right-handed pitching this season. Their power numbers are are the what that concerns you the most. Um, so maybe a shift to Cleveland helps you know Bieber, but. Bieber's a guy that I really like here. He's a guy that can go out and get, you know, eight or nine strikeouts and put up big games. He can also put up really bad games and struggle big time. But I think in certain matchups, you can take shots on Bieber. And I think this is one of those spots where on this slate with this pitching, we have to have interest in him. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I don't think I played Bieber all season long. His strikeouts have been way down. Um, We did finally see him pop against Houston. He He had nine strikeouts. This is a guy who used to routinely post 30% strikeout rates. So I know it was a couple of years ago. He's dealt with injuries. They took away his sticky stuff, which he was a big proponent of. But this matchup against Milwaukee, it's a team I've picked on quite a bit this season. They strike out a ton. I could definitely see Bieber working deep into this game, and he can land on eight or, eight or nine strikeouts occasionally. There's not a ton of upside. Like I said, there's a lot of 
pitchers you can poke holes in um, in the upper range today. I think Bieber has a, a really solid matchup here. Um, I just I like picking on Milwaukee. I'm with you. Uh, Milwaukee bats. Anything jumping off the page here against Bieber? No, not really. Even when I when I don't want to play Bieber, um, he's not a guy I like to pick on. He's got a, an excellent walk rate. Uh, keeps the ball on the ground. If you want to try to chase a home run, I suppose you could do that. Tell us his price is back dropping now that he's slumping a little bit. Thirty nine hundred. He's probably the guy I'd go to. Um, I just I'm not a fan of this Milwaukee offense, and I'm I'm not targeting him against Bieber. Yeah, I mean, I think that obviously it would be like you mentioned. I think you'd take shots on Tellus, but I think that's really it. Um, I have a question. I, this is something off the top of my head. I don't know. Is Nyquen up with the club? Um, he has not been that I've seen. Is okay. That would be new if he is. I think he's still on the IL. I'm pretty I sure. I couldn't remember if he was still hurt or not. Um, he would be someone I would absolutely you know what? They, love in this spot. They might have even released him. Honestly, I'm not sure where he's at. All right. Um. Yeah, he would have been someone that would have been super interesting in this spot. But uh, Telus or Terang, those would be the only two guys I think I would take shots, and it would be one-offs. I don't think I'd be stacking here. Cleveland side, um, Jose Ramirez is always someone you could take shots on. Outside of that, I mean, a lot of the secondary pieces are really cheap here. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily talk you off of any of these guys. Um, but not my not my favorite team today. No, Cleveland just – they're so hard to play. Like you said, Ramirez is always in play, but he's about the only one that I ever have interest in. It'd be secondary at most, and that's only because the pieces around Ramirez are all really cheap. Uh, Miley is a guy that will keep the, the ball on the ground, so not a guy I love to stack against either. Yeah, I mean, it's a three-man for me, and I'm I'm even struggling to to rattle off two other names other than Ramirez. Like, Arias is really cheap. He plays against lefties quite a bit, um, minimum price. Like, Rosario at 3,600 has hit lefties pretty well, but, yeah, I, there's no chance I'm full stacking it. It's probably just even Ramirez as a one-off for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, moving on. We got Boston. We got the Battle of the Sox. The White Sox and the Red Sox facing off against each other here. Eight and a half total. Red Sox a slight favorite. Bayo against Gilito. 
Uh, Brian Bayo, Bayo um, I mean, this kid has so much talent that you. I think you have to have shots on him today. Like his strikeout ability is something that we've talked about quite a bit on the show before. And I mean, Bayo is a guy that he can go out and dominate a start or he can go out and struggle. Um, he is a, a guy that typically performs a lot better strikeout wise against righties. And you look at the White Sox lineup and they're going to have plenty of strikeouts or, or righties in this lineup, um, especially with like Grandel banged up right now too. So yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a spot where we're taking some shots on Bayo. Bayo's my favorite pitcher on the slate. Love it. I love this matchup for him. Like this White Sox offense is I'm like, it's just never going to happen for them. I, I don't know what's wrong. There's you look at the individual names. There's tons of talent, but Tim Anderson struggling. Eloy Jimenez is struggling. Like they're just there's not enough talent here. Bayo is a a really good young pitcher. He's figured it out. Yes, he's going to deal with walks at times, and that's going to be frustrating. Um, but it's the strikeout upside I'm chasing. He is he's too cheap for this matchup in my opinion. Yeah, I mean we're we're chasing the upside. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, the White Sox, they're 29th in WRC plus. They're striking out 23 plus percent of the time. You know, the White Sox are a team that we have no problem picking on. So, Giolito, 9600. He's turned it up a little bit here recently. He has shown some strikeout ability. Um, he had some good matchups. Tough to say. This is a tough matchup, man. The Red Sox are a low strikeout team still. They are a little banged up right now. They're dealing with a couple injuries. Any interest here in Giolito? I just I don't know that I can play pitchers against the Red Sox, um, especially not expensive pitchers. Um, Joe Ryan had a really great outing on Monday night. I did not – or Monday afternoon. I did not play any of him. Um what did Verdugo leave with? Verdugo He's on that placement list. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I don't know if he he'll won't be, be back. back Tuesday. He's okay. out for the weekend. That does matter. He's an extremely high contact bat. Usually hits near the top of the order. Um, Duran is a nice replacement, but he strikes out far, far more than than Verdugo. That raises Giolito's ceiling a little bit. I still don't think I'm paying 9600 for him against one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball. So my question to you is. Let's do the scenario really quick of Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia get rained out. Good call. Yeah. Um, now we're taking off Singa, Gilbert, Gibson. Does that like change how you would? And like, there's potential weather in Cleveland too that would take off yeah. Bieber. Like, I don't want to instantly say I'm not going to play Giolito depending on some of this weather. Um, I also want to say like, when we're looking at pure upside, I think he has to be in the conversation today. Um, there's only a few handful, hand, handful, I can't speak, I'm tired, um, handful of pitchers that can go like 30-plus fantasy points. Um, and I think Giolito is in that conversation. He's averaging over a strikeout per inning this season. His biggest issue is home runs. And, I mean, Devers and Duvall, sure, but there's still not a ton of power. Good contact, but not a ton of power. Like you said, you take Verdugo out of this lineup, you lose one of those um, contact guys to a strikeout guy. I mean, I still don't believe in this like low strikeout Pablo Reyes bit either um, for what it's worth. I, I think that we're going to see his strikeout numbers come up a little bit. But overall, I think I have some interest in Giolito. I think it would go up if there was some potential weather in these other like early games that we were talking about. 
that's a really good point. Uh, like if we lost Bieber, Bieber would be the one that I'm, I know I'm going to have some exposure to that I would need to find a pivot for. Um, and I don't think it would be Bassett that I wanted to pivot onto because that if we lose Bieber, that's just going to make Bassett even that much more popular. Um, there's, there's like Musgrove. I'm certainly interested in, I'm going to be way overweight on Bayo, but like I'm having trouble building out a pool. Um, is basically what I'm getting at. So I think he's very similar to the Toronto stack. Like I'm going to use pieces of Toronto unless we lose a couple of games, then Toronto is going to be one of my main stacks. I think Giolito's in that same, same type of conversation where I'm, I'm fine using him if I have to, as it stands right now with 10 games, there are other guys I prefer ahead of him. All right. Bats in this one. I mean, Devers or Duvall, I don't have a problem like doing some power bats here, chasing that. And like even Duran, even though he strikes out a bunch, he does have some power at 3,600. I'm chasing home runs against Giolito. I'm not stacking against him. Yeah, I think his walk issues, you can stack against him. Um, it's just Boston is still expensive, which makes it makes it difficult uh, because Giolito is a talented pitcher. He has strikeout stuff even when he's struggling. Um so I agree. It's probably more of a, a secondary stack. Uh, Duran at thirty six hundred. I, I really like that. Uh, Turner at forty three hundred. Giolito gives up home runs to to both sides of the plate. Love the Duvall call. Um, Yoshida's price is still way up there, and and Giolito strikes out more lefties than he does righties. So like, not that Yoshida strikes out a ton. Um, just that. I think Giolito sets up okay against him. I really like Duvall and, and Turner as righties with power that, that could touch up Giolito for Homer. Uh, White Sox side of this game, I could see myself using them as like a, a kind of hedge stack where I'm overweight on Bayo and I build a couple White Sox stacks just in case. Yeah, I just, I mean, they're cheap. I get it. Um, I just I think Bayo dominates them here. I I don't know that I'm stacking. I hope Bayo uh, dominates them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I get it. Hedge stack only. There's just where's the upside in this Sox lineup? Like Jimenez's price pretty appropriately now. He was cheap for a while. Berger was really cheap for a while. They're both around 4K now. Um, Robert at 4800 is probably the highest upside guy. Benintendi's cheap, but he's showed absolutely no power this season. Um, Andrew Vaughn at 30 whatever he was uh, 3200 I don't it'd be a mini stack for me at most yeah I mean my my stack would would be Robert um Jimenez starting with them and then I'm a huge Jake Berger fan no one no one knows Jake Berger like I do okay <laughs> um I had a burger sushi roll tonight so me and Jake Berger on first name basis so um Wait, Gavin there, was like, there was hamburger in your sushi roll, or what? It, it was called a cheeseburger roll, but it was steak. It wasn't like okay. Cheeseburger. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. <laughs> it wasn't as good as um, the shrimp roll that I had. Anyway, crab roll. I had a crab roll. Um. Anyway, Gavin Sheets at twenty two hundred would probably be my favorite White Sox bat. Just trying to chase some power upside against a young pitcher. I like that call. Yep. I do wear a burger hat um, all the time. That's actually a minor league baseball hat. Angels and Rockies. We have a 11 and a half total in this game. The Angels are 150 favorites. Freeland and Sandoval facing off against each other. Um, Keith, I need you to do me a favor and talk me off of Patrick Sandoval today. Oh, boy. 
I mean, the Rockies suck. I, I get it. You didn't see that one coming, did you? I did not see that one coming. Um, he, That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Full surprise. The this strikeouts is, have been shit. down this season, but the, the leash has been amazing. So I, I considered it too when I was looking, digging into it. I think he has more strikeouts than what he's shown this year. He certainly did last year. My argument is the Rockies are a little bit better against lefties and it's Coors Field. Are you sure you need to do it? I, I certainly understand your angle here, though, too, because I was like, man, these Rockies are bad. Real bad. I mean, uh, the question is, do you need to do it? I think that yeah. is an excellent point. Do you need to do it? Um, it kind of goes back to the conversation of what happens with a few of these weather games. Um, obviously, it's the night before. It's so hard to judge that. Like, I just pitching overall doesn't excite me today. Um, and when I'm looking in this range, I don't get excited about pitching. There's one guy that we're going to talk about that I like in the same range. Um, man, Colorado is bad. They're such a bad offense. With Brian and Crone out of this lineup, Gritchick is just ice cold. Um, he finally hit a home run in Cincinnati the other day, and he's you know getting getting it going a little bit, but he has just been awful. And you want him to be a thing. He just he just hasn't been a thing. So. I'm more of just playing the matchup. Um, I would have way more interest in this spot if it was in LA and not in course, but I'm also not getting Sandoval at 5% ownership in LA um, in this matchup. So that's kind of where I'm at thought process wise. Um, you know, we talked about a couple expensive stacks. We're going to talk about the angels bats on the other side of this yeah, game. Certainly. So, I mean, we get, we get Trout, Dury, Renfro uh, against a bad lefty in cores, and they're all kind of priced up. So looking as that question of do I need it, maybe. Um, there's a guy that we're going to talk about that I like more than him. I'm just saying in a 20-entry max scenario, I could see myself for like 15 20% of Sandoval today, which isn't a lot. I mean, if you think about a 20-entry max, 15% is three teams. So it's not right. like I'm saying, hey, I'm playing him on 10 of my 20 teams. Um, yeah, so this conversation is actually reminding me of your Reed Detmers call earlier this week, which was just shout out to you. He mowed down the Dodgers. Dude's been really good. So great call on that Detmers. I was on the pod with you when you were kind of digging in and starting to see it. And then I know you wrote him up in a bunch of content um, later on in the day. So awesome call on Detmers. I I like the Detmers call. I could totally get on board with that. I don't know if I'm on way the different Sam, scenario. <laughs> yeah, like we're talking about two two way, different yeah. tiers of upside here, <laughs> yeah. and they're the, they were the same price. I think I like Detmers down to, I think get, I would go down to Dunning. What's that? Detmers is going to get a core spot this weekend. Oh man, yeah, that that'll be assume, an interesting spot. Does he pitch what? He pitched Tuesday, so I would yep. assume he pitches Sunday. Oh man, I don't ever play <laughs> DFS baseball on Sunday, but I might. So, um, we're not playing Kyle Freeland on the other side of this game. No chance. Nope. we're not doing that. Let's talk Angels bats. They're expensive. It's a fantastic spot going into Coors. Um, whether you like the oh, it's the first game in Coors, you would stack the Angels against Freeland in any ballpark in baseball. Um, I would stack the Angels against Freeland again in Miami. So, I love the Angels in this spot. We have some. Potential weather. There's no potential weather in this game. They're expensive. Um, Renfro, my favorite at 4,500, just because of how good he has been against left-handed pitching throughout his career. But we, I mean, if we're looking value-wise, 
Wallach at catcher should catch here at 2,800. He's been great against left-handed pitching this season. So I want some cheap pitching on this slate because I want to stack the Angels. I, I really like this spot. Um, they're a team that I want to stack a lot. And I'm really sad that they didn't leave Joe Adele up in uh, Major League I was just gonna I would love this spot for him today. That's so funny that you mentioned him. I, he hit a 500-foot home run the other day. This, he's he just crushing. Has, he like, has so much he's power. He's crushing. Why? Like, find a spot for him. And that, I mean, that's the Otani effect, right? Like, Otani is, like, just kind of taking a spot. But, like, if I am L.A., right, I am teaching Joe Adele to play first base, and I am platooning Jared Walsh uh, because he has been atrocious this season. So, I don't know. Let them do their thing. I'm not a manager. Yeah. I mean, clearly Angels are the top stack on the slate. Um, if either Trout or Otani hits two home runs here, do we see them over 7,000? I don't know if we've ever had a hitter over 7,000, but they're both 6,500 and 6,700 right now. Um, I want to say Mookie Betts might have been 7,100 in Coors a couple years ago, but like these are sky-high prices. They're totally worth it. They're going to be chalky. It's going to be a really tough spot to fade. Uh, love the two righties below them as well, Drury and Renfro. Like Drury at 5,000 seems insane, but he fills second base and he absolutely destroys uh, lefties. So very much in play. Glad he's priced up. Hopefully that keeps his ownership down a little bit. Um, love the wallet call. Super cheap. With Rendon on the IL, Rengifo's been playing quite a bit. He's been decent against lefties. He's another cheap piece that we might get here. Uh, 2,900 for Rengifo. Kevin um, Padlow as well got he's gotten called up recently. Um, he's someone that can yeah, he's really cheap. Yeah, they didn't price him up, so he's still um, really cheap. So you can play him as well. He's at twenty four hundred. So um, he's another one that you can take some shots on here. But he was a guy that was in the raise system. Um, and was a really big prospect for the Rays system, big power prospect for the Rays. Um, so I, I haven't followed him AAA wise or know where his numbers are all are at or where he's gone from when he was with the Rays. But um, yeah, he's someone that I don't mind here at 2400 in course. He's really cheap. Third base, like first call. base too. All right, Rockies. Um, all right, I'm crazy enough to play a little bit of Sandoval, but I'm not crazy enough to fade the Rockies in this spot. Gritchick is too cheap. Diaz is too cheap. Um, I mean, any other righty that cracks the lineup is probably too cheap. Alfaro, if he catches, is going to be massive chalk here at 3,100. The only concern that I have with Colorado, outside of the fact that they stink, is they are going to get some ownership because of their pricing. Yeah, they're not going to be near as popular as the Angels, but I, I agree they're going to get some ownership. If we lose games, they're going to they're going to get even more ownership. But I'm I'm interested. Sandoval has had a bit of a down season. I still think he's a talented pitcher. Don't fault you for wanting to play him here because this this Colorado team is not talented, but they are cheap, like you said. Um, Tovar is one of my favorite bats, a shortstop at, at 3,200. Uh, Grichik is going to hit for some power eventually. Diaz has had a really nice season. Alfaro is cheap and Phil's catcher as well. Um, the double catcher, I, I hope, like that's what they've been doing recently is DHing Alfaro. Double catcher, that that adds some ways you can get creative with the stack. Like 
Diaz, I would think, I don't know, Alfaro's cheaper. So may, maybe they end up about equal ownership, but at least that, that helps differentiate the stack a little bit. There's some choices to make. Um, Montez is a guy who fills second and is really cheap, 2,500. They're all cheap, like you said. Um, I think you have to have some exposure. All right, Washington at San Diego. This game has an eight total. Padres a huge favorite here at 255. Musgrove and Corbin facing off against each other. Um, Patrick Corbin, any interest in him in this spot? No, the San Diego team is is heating up. Um, no thanks on Corbin. Yeah, I don't think we need to go into it too much here. Um, he's just not. I mean, he hasn't been pitching good. Like, let's just be honest. Like. Let's uh let's not try to hide it. You know, he has a 14% K rate and a 350 Woba this season. He's given up 51% hard hits. His Woba is over 400 um, in the last 30 days. He's been getting absolutely rocked, and he's had some easier matchups. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Uh, Musgrove, $1,000 too cheap. I know it's a tough matchup um, strikeout-wise, but safety-wise, man, this is a guy that can go out and throw 90-ish pitches, six innings, super clean innings. Um, Just no strikeouts last time out against Tampa, but he's a guy, like, I I feel good about getting my, like, 18-plus fantasy points um and a win so i mean i like his chances to be in that like 18 to 22 range yeah i love the spot for musgrove i i really hope people play bassett because of of the matchup i would much rather play musgrove Uh, i think he's just a little bit more talented of a pitcher Uh, he has more strikeout upside i know bassett can have some spike strikeout games every once in a while Uh, but musgrove can as well we've seen him strike out double digits on occasions even even in tough matchups, he has success. So I'm not scared of Washington hitting him around a little bit. It's whether I think he can get – whether I think he's only going to get six strikeouts or whether he can get like eight or nine. And we just – like we've seen him post eight or nine strikeouts. Like he did it against the Marlins, which makes sense. The Yankees, fairly high strikeouts. Um, did it against Arizona in his first start of the season. Um, that's – that's the kind of matchup I'm talking about here. Like Musgrove has been down on strikeouts this season, um, sitting in the, like at 21%. He was around 25% last year. So he has been an above average strikeout pitcher in his career at times. I think that he can, can rack up some strikeouts. I feel really good about him pitching deep into the game. So absolutely love Musgrove. 
Uh, Washington Bats, this lineup's bad, man. Um, I got no interest in the Washington Bats. They're really cheap. Um, and, I mean, if you want to end up on a piece or two, I wouldn't necessarily talk you off of it. But, yeah, it's not something I'm looking at. Yeah, I have no interest in picking on Musgrove. I prefer Washington against lefties as well. Um, I don't think we need them. San Diego um, is definitely a stack that I like today against Corbin. Um, they're expensive, which makes me believe, kind of like Sean was talking about in YouTube chat. I don't know if we said it, but what's up, YouTube? Um, he was talking about this could be a really good pivot off of the Angels, and I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I think this is a spot that could kind of fly under the radar because of how expensive the Angels are. But, I mean, Sanchez, Kim are cheap. Then you get – you know, Machado, Soto, Tatis, Bogart, picking three of those four guys. I, I think the Padres are definitely in play today. Yeah, without a doubt. Sean Sean absolutely nailed it. They're expensive, but people are going to pay up for the Angels a lot more than they're going to pay up for San Diego. Um, if you're looking for a team that can match the Angels' upside, it's San Diego for me. I love that Texas, they're expensive. Baby. Give me the Texas game. Gosh, I want that game to play. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good option too. I I mean I prefer San Diego slightly. I think they're a little higher owned than Texas, though, as well. All right. Houston Adelaide taking on the Dodgers. Shaheen, Shaheen and France facing off against each other. Nine total in this game. Dodgers a one forty-six favorite. Any interest in France going up against the Dodgers? No, I mean he's put it put together a nice year, but just not the matchup for him. Um I just I don't see him having success. He probably can't get through seven, six innings here, uh, or through seven innings rather. Which he's that's been part of how he's been having success here recently. He's been going really deep. The Dodgers are such a patient team. I just can't see him working past six innings in this one. He's been had a really solid leash over ninety pitches, but not enough strikeouts and just a really tough matchup here. Yeah, uh, I don't love the matchup against Dodgers. I'm going to probably pass on J.P. France today. Not a guy that I typically like stack against. Um, he's not a guy that typically goes out and like gets absolutely blown up. I think he's only allowed over four runs this like this season one time. So uh, just not a ton of upside for his price. Um, Emmett Shaheen on the other side of this game, probably my favorite pitcher on the slate. Um, I, I'm with you on Bayo. I like some high-powered, expensive offenses. With this team missing some of their big bats, um, I don't think Alvarez is coming back yet. He's not back yet. So, I mean, missing Alvarez is huge. Being so right-handed heavy against a righty that has such a good changeup, big fastball, big changeup, command is going to be the concern. But at this price, I'm willing to take a shot, man. This is a guy... He went straight from double A to the majors. They're like, hey, we need to get this guy up there. Um, big, big strikeout stuff. Big, big strikeout stuff. Above average fastball, above average changeup. Really kind of needs to develop the third pitch, whether it be the slider or the curveball. But this kid has big stuff. Yeah, he, he certainly does. Uh, and I'm not scared of the matchup, like you said, with Al Alvarez still out. This Houston team is – there's not much to be afraid of here. I mean, obviously we're worried about Tucker a little bit. Um, but it falls off pretty quickly after that. Bregman hasn't had that great of a year. Super talented guy. I am a little concerned. Like, he did not miss any bats hardly against San Francisco. Um, it could have been first start jitters. It could have been making a huge jump from double A to the majors. The price is cheap enough, though. I'm taking some shots regardless. Yeah. Like, 
San Faber, Francisco threw a lot of lefties at him in that game too. Yeah, Houston that, can't. Houston can't do that. That's fair. I would think that the changeup would help him neutralize lefties. I haven't looked at his minor league splits or anything, but I yeah. assume he strikes out a fair amount of lefties as well. Um, that just, I'm just I'm not that concerned. Just a slight pause for me. Just looking at that last start, like the swinging striker rate was like under five percent, which was is insane because this is a guy who had. He had a 40-something percent strikeout rate in AAA so far this season, 41.7% strikeout rate. He's posted some ridiculous strikeout rates as he's climbed through the minors. So I have no doubt he's going to strike out major league hitters eventually. It's just whether he has it quite figured out. Luckily, the price is still at a point where it doesn't really matter. Um, we're, we're playing some of them regardless. I love the spot. Um, I mean, I love the price. I love everything that I've been reading about this kid. You know, you look at it and what's what's crazy to me about, you know, just kind of looking at like his progression um, and just seeing like his strikeout stuff in the minors and stuff like that is just he was a guy that like wasn't even like a top 20 prospect in the Dodgers organization to start the year. And he was like a 2025, 2026 guy at most. And like he's just progressed so much with this fastball. Um, it's so good. He throws it a ton. So um yeah i mean he wants if he could get the slider to be a thing this is his path reminds me of some of these big guys um that have been really good here recently so um i just again i am not afraid of this houston lineup right now and i just love the price i love the price i I mentioned with sandoval there is another guy this is the guy i think this guy has big upside big big upside uh, Houston bats, you can bet your butt that if I'm going to play a lot of Shaheen, I'm going to play some Houston bats in a stack or two. But I just, I mean, overall, um, I am, this lineup is just struggling. Like they, they're missing, they're missing Alvarez. They're really missing another like left-handed bat, whether it be Brantley or they need to go get something. They are, they're just too right-handed heavy. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that this offense is not scary right now. Um, Sheehan's walk rate, like you mentioned, is is something that we can attack. Houston's not necessarily even all that cheap, though. Like Pena and Bregman are just overpriced for what they've done this season. I'm I'm fine with Tucker and Altuve, but they're kind of priced appropriately as well. If Dubon's in there leading off or Diaz is catching, I can get on board with some of that. Jolks is a guy who's been really solid, and they just refuse to raise his price. Um, so if you wanted to do a Tucker Altuve jokes three man, I'm I'm actually good with that. But yeah, not, not a ton of upside. I, I probably use it more as a three man, and it's it's not even one of my favorite three mans. See, you're on board. You're coming. I'm on board, board with Sheehan. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was just giving some context that he may not be this 40% strikeout guy just yet. Oh, no, but, no, no. I don't think he's going to be that high either. He relies on a fastball too much to be that high of a strikeout guy in the majors. But yeah. Um, I think we could see upper 20s eventually, though. No no doubt about it. I'm just not sure it's coming necessarily in this start. But give me five innings and five Ks for 6,500 or whatever it is. I'm, I'm good with that. Is he a guy that, like, gets sent back down when, like, Urias comes back? Because I know Urias is getting close. Um, I think he's going for a rehab start. Um, does he get sent back down to develop? I think he needs to develop that third pitch. Like, he really yeah. – you know, everything I've read on him, he grades out above average fastball, above average changeup. He really just needs a third pitch. Um, you can't be a two-pitch pony in the majors and expect to do well. Yeah, I think this is certainly we've, – we've dealt with, like, 
half a dozen injuries in our rotation this season. We we need anybody, and this kid's super talented. Let's see what he can do. But yeah, I, do. He, he, yeah, he's going back down eventually. I think. Hey, we might be wrong. Yeah. Um, Dodgers bats. Any interest in the Dodgers bats here? Not a ton. Um, I think France is a, a really solid pitcher, a guy that doesn't get blown up like you mentioned, and they are priced right up there with um, with the Angels and the Padres and the Rangers. They're a bunch of them are over five k. I don't think I get to a ton of them today. Um, yeah. Derek in chat tells me tell that to Strider. Strider is a <laughs> fastball slider guy. It's a way different mix than a fastball changeup guy. He and also he has, has he has the so most ridiculous fastball, fastball and the most ridiculous slider maybe on the planet. Yeah, his fastball those are two pretty amazing so pitches. Movement. Yeah, if you want to spend like thirty minutes on nonsense, go dig into Spencer Strider's um, baseball savant. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's it's wild. You'd be impressed. I'm impressed. Not much impresses me. Diamondbacks at Giants, eight total. Giants a 190 favorite in this game. We got our boy Zach Davies pitching for Arizona. Logan Webb throwing for the Giants. Um, any interest here in Zach Davies? Uh, no. Just he has not been able to strike anybody out. He's been super fortunate to keep the ball in the park as much as he has as he has. Um, I'm not scared of San Francisco's offense necessarily, but I'm I'm certainly not playing Davies. Well, Blake Snell made that this bad. Yeah, he Ooh. dominated. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing Zach Davies today. Logan Webb, I think he is a fringe guy for me today, depending on like some weather and stuff. But overall, I mean, the Diamondbacks are a really good team. Um, they're a top five offense this season against right-handed pitching. They have the second lowest strikeout rate in baseball against right-handed pitching. They have the fourth highest WRC plus, uh, one of the highest top five um, ISOs. Like they're a really good offense. Um, no. No real bad thoughts on Logan Webb as like an overall pitcher. He gives you six, seven innings almost every time out. Um, he does it against good offenses. He's certainly someone that like if some games start getting canceled, I would definitely be more interested in. I'm not fading him by any means. He's just not a guy like I'm saying, hey, I'm going to be way overweight on this guy today. Yeah, it's the matchup for me. Arizona is amazing. They don't strike out. They're, they've been a top offense in baseball. It's just similar to the, the Red Sox. Like, I could see him having success here, but it's not necessarily a guy I want to pay pre premium prices for a, a matchup against them. Um, they're they're really left-handed too, like you were alluding to. Webb just doesn't strike out as many lefties. He doesn't get generate as many ground balls against lefties, so not a great matchup for him. I love him as a pitcher. He, like I think he's a truly an elite ace in in the game, and he's still got a little bit more. He can take another step, just basically into that elite tier, and I think he's in the process of doing that but this is just not the right matchup for it. All right. Um, bats, Arizona, tough matchup. Do we have interest in them even in a tough matchup, or are we just going to say, hey, I hope it kind of cancels each other out? Yeah, I mean, I would love to play some Corbin Carroll. He's expensive, and I think Webb can still have enough success here. Perdomo is a guy I've been loving to play here recently, since, especially since they moved him to the leadoff spot. Second base short eligible, and his price went down. He's 3600 now. You could talk me into a three-man, maybe, but like I mentioned, and it, it'd be three lefties for sure. So just depending on on what other lefties are in the, the lineup here, I, I probably don't want to pay up for both Carroll and Marte. 
Um, certainly they're the two best lefties, but Perdomo at 3,600, I would pair him with probably Carroll and then one of the cheap outfielders, whether it's Alec Thomas or, or Jake McCarthy in the lineup. Like that three man, I think can get it done, but probably not a full stack for me just because I respect Webb so much. Yeah, I mean, other side of this game, the Giants, I could see myself stacking the Giants today. Um, it'd probably be more of a secondary stack because of the ballpark. And But, I mean, Jock Peterson has to be towards the top of the list today. He has big power, low strikeout pitcher here in Davies. Like, I mean, it's, it seems on paper like a really good spot for Jock Jams. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for a lot of these San Francisco lefties. The problem is, I don't know if I'm getting four at-bats or – Five at bats. I know the pinch hit risk. It's so, so rough, hard to play. Um, but yeah, I will I mean, say it, really quick though, like yep. not to interrupt you, but like the thought process, right? Is hey, my guys are going to go out and score a bunch of runs early. Maybe they don't get pinch hit for because of that. Yeah, I mean, if Jock hits two home runs in his first at bat, who cares if he gets pinch hit for in the third one? Even um, and who who pinch hits for a guy after he's just homered twice? So that's certainly. I mean, something to consider. Giants, Giants might be that team. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> I mean, there's some value here on this Giants team too. Like Davies is not good. I I will stand by that. He's got a, an ERA over seven, and he's been super lucky with uh, fly ball luck. I was looking into it. He has like a th- career 13% home run to fly ball rate, and it's been like seven percent. I'm rattling these numbers off the top of my head that's don't quote me on those but it's somewhere in that ballpark from what i was looking at um like so he's been lucky and he's still been awful this season the giants could absolutely destroy him this year or the in this spot um i don't know i'll i'll have at least one stack in in a 20 entry i don't know that i get to a ton of them today just because they're so frustrating to roster yeah, that's what I said. I think they're they're a team that I end up on. I'm going to play some for sure. Yeah, it's more of probably a secondary stack just because of they're so frustrating. I mean, close games, you're like, all right, my guy's getting another at bat, and as soon as he comes up, you're like, oh, I got pinch hit for. I can go to bed. <laughs> I mean, oh man, the Giants. The Giants are that team. They're just that team that uh, you just I don't know. You can't can't I guess. But all right. Um. Play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Frozen Keith, absolute crushing at this podcast. Um, <laughs> just absolutely spitting fire. I'm glad. Um, and under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. So you got. So you're on him slightly more than I am. I don't want to take your guy. Um, but that, that is who I had written down here. So I'm searching. It's not pretty outside of, outside of him. Um, I think there's two options down here. So you can take whichever um, one you want. I mean, Severino, I guess, is who I would say. Um, yeah, I know it hasn't been pretty, and it's a, a brutal matchup against Texas. They do strike out a little bit still, and Severino, I think, has more strikeouts in there. It wouldn't surprise me if he got to six. I'm sure that's not the guy you were talking about, but that's what I'm going with. I think he can get six plus. Um, yeah. He wasn't. It would, it would have been he might Shaheen. give up a couple home runs too, but yeah, Shaheen and um Sandoval would be the two guys I was gonna say. So I just I, I don't listen, know if I dude, can do it in course. Listen, I hear you. I don't I think am. you're crazy though. I, I totally understand. Oh, I am crazy. I am crazy. 
Let's be honest. I played 60% Detmers the other day. I'm crazy. I, I don't think that was crazy. Well, that was a little crazy. There was another really cheap pitcher on that slate, too. Dude, I, I nailed that. Like You did. Right that up. was such a great oh. call. <laughs> like, I when I was looking into the numbers and I, like, saw how much the Dodgers, like, starters struggled against breaking balls, I got so excited for that matchup. Over 8K to score under 15. Who do you got? Give me Giolito. I just I hate picking on Boston. Verdugo being out certainly helps him. Um, still, still a tough matchup here. It is. I mean, I could see it going either way. I don't think we're going to get into playing him unless we do get a lot of rain. Yep. Um, Bassett, man, I think he's going to be oh, chalky today. I, I gosh, the Bassett, the Bassett fade. I'm going to be working on NASCAR truck stuff, and I'm going to be watching Bassett get destroyed by Oakland. Hopefully. Over 4K to hit a home run today. Who's going yard? Fernando Tatis worked out for me on the Tuesday pod when I called it. He's got an awesome matchup. Dude has absolutely destroyed left-handed pitching this year. I love that call. I really do. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Pete Alonzo against Tajon Walker. Okay. I, I love – I mean – Love the ballpark really, upgrade. Not a not a like hot take by any means, but um, love the spot. Yeah. Under four K to get two hits today. Who's getting some hits today? Uh, give me Leody Tavares. This dude is quietly breaking out for the Texas Rangers. Their lineup is so deep, and he's <laughs> so a big part good. of it. Yeah, the lineup is so good. Um, love that call. I'm gonna go with Ryan Nada to get two hits today, and one of them is going to be a home run. Love it. Stack to score six or more. Who's getting there today? San Diego picking on our old friend, old friend Patrick Ordman. Um, yeah. I, I think they're a great, great pivot away from the Angels, who will be mega chalk. I think, despite their pricing, um, because of that, San Diego flies under the radar a little bit. Love Texas today against Severino. Um, spot that I, I'm very high on. I really hope the weather, the Yankees weather, looks a little bit better than the Philly Baltimore weather from what I was looking at. Um, I am not Kevin Rupp. so. I'm very good at like weather within like an hour, but like weather night before, impossible for me. So <laughs> I am a Florida Florida meteorologist that plays a lot of disc golf and watches a lot of weather. But uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, hopefully the rain holds off on this one because it, it'll be a really fun slate if it does. Even if we lose a couple, there's still plenty of, plenty of ways to go on this slate. I just don't want to lose the Texas game. I think Texas... Yeah. Texas and um, like San Diego, like you're mentioning, is just a really good pivot off of course. So yep. not by any means fading course again, like I said, but I think that's where you potentially pivot. So we're going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. We'll see you then.